This is Will. And Lexi. And you're listening to the Danny Cast. So we just got back from the gathering. Well, when I say just, I mean two weeks ago now. And we had a great time. Um, so we decided we should at least have one episode sort of related to things we played with gathering that we can talk about. So I decided that I wanted to talk about my favorite game that we played with gathering, which after much deliberation, I think was the game Foppin, which is a trick-taking game. Um, by Freedom and Frieza. So, uh, the rules of Foppin, and we'll, we can help me out here, are you have four suits. Um, green, of course, is the, the highest. Um, it has the most valuable cards in it and the most cards. And then what is it? Red, yellow, and blue? Yep. Um, and so they have progressively less cards with um, slightly lower values. Um, or not as high of values, I should say. Right. Blue goes 2 to 10, green goes 2 to 20, and then the other two are in between somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the trick with this game is that there's this little thing in the middle of the foppin, the fool, and whoever, you follow suit, there's no no bidding or anything, because it's the player to the left, left of the dealer starts. And whoever um, loses the trick, plays the worst card in that trick, takes the fool, and they have to sit out for the next game, or the next hand. Um, so it's kind of interesting because, I mean, it kind of throws off. So you want to be, you want to play cards that are, um, so you have to follow suit, but you want to play cards that are not necessarily your highest in the suit, right? But you you could potentially become the fool by playing the lowest card of that card in your suit. I don't know. It's, it has like a lot of strategy. I think I liked it. Yeah. What else? What so, yeah, yeah. So, so the lowest, I don't know if you, uh, you may have already said this, the lowest card in the lead suit loses unless, unless somebody couldn't follow suit, in which case the lowest card of any suit that was not the lead suit right. loses and they have to take the pop in. Right, right. I didn't say that. Yeah. So it's like, do you want to throw away your low cards or do you want to, I don't know. And I don't know. It was just a very fun game. I love trick taking games. So. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot too. I thought it was very interesting. So I, uh, one of the things that happened in, in a couple of our games uh, that was unfortunate for me actually is that sometimes there's um, like two people void or two people are having problems and they uh, and the foppin tends to bounce back and forth between those yeah. people. We had that a couple times where uh, where uh, where like I was one Brian. of those people. Yeah, me and Brian kept getting uh, slammed where where the. Uh, we kept losing the trick and getting the Foppin back, and then and then they'd lose the trick and get the Foppin back, and basically they kept playing from the tricks that we didn't have. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was pretty interesting. Um, but actually what that introduced was an interesting element to the game, is when you know you're going to lose, um, cards are... Uh, uh, it's important to get rid of cards that are going to be worth a lot of points, because it's, oh, it's the value of the cards that are left in your hand... Uh, at that are worth points at the end of the trick, right? So, so, so frequently you would want to hold on to your high cards when you know you're going to lose anyway, right? But in the case that in the case that you know you're going to lose, you may have to get rid of those high cards so they're not worth a ton of points at the end of the game for you. So there's kind of a tricky balance there. Even when you're losing, you have to pay attention very closely to the score. I forgot about that. That was the interesting part. It's like. Yeah uno combined it's not really uno but you have to like kind of keep track of how many people have gotten the fool this time oh okay well they haven't gotten the fool at all it's possible that they can go out this round right and then you want to get rid of your your really high cards right yeah yeah it was it was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah it was very interesting it definitely played very differently i think i feel like to other trick-taking games yeah completely differently and um, I've been look. I looked for a copy online, and there's I think there's only one available on the marketplace, and it's like 
40 pounds or something. <laughs> 40 British pounds. <laughs> which, plus shipping. Plus shipping, which might be a little much, but I'll keep my eyes open for this one. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun. Foppin'. Uh, do you want to talk about our next trick-taking game? Sure. So we're, yeah, we're going to stick to the theme of trick-taking games. Lexi and I love trick-taking games. Yeah, we played another one at, at the gathering mm-hmm. that um, we... We've played before. Actually, I don't think you've played it before, I've never right? I've played it before. Okay, I've played it with Joe at lunch. So, do you uh, want to describe? Sure. The game is uh, uh, colloquial, <laughs> colloquially known as uh, Die Steven Seagal. Yeah, it's Die Steven Seagal, yes. which is the seven seals. Right. But it's really Die Steven Seagal. <laughs> Continue. Uh, so, uh, so in this game, um, you are. I forget if you're bidding. I don't. Um, you're I... bidding. No, no, no. You're not bidding at all? Oh, yeah, I don't remember I think you bid you... to get Trump or something <laughs> like that. We don't about. remember the rules very well. I've only played it one time. <laughs> I've only played it twice. <laughs> um, but but I really enjoyed it. But yeah, So the great. interesting part of this game is that you are trying to take... Um, you're trying to not only know exactly how many tricks you're going to take with your hand, but also what tricks you're... What colors you're going to win those tricks in. So if a suit... You choose what... Um, you choose these tokens, basically. You're trying to get these. Which, how many of these tokens you're getting? And the tokens are all the various colors of suits. And you can. You're trying to get rid of those tokens during the actual gameplay by winning a suit where that color was lead, or um, in the case of uh, Trump, winning a suit where uh, you won with that. Where uh, winning a suit with that colors color. So for Trump only, that would only is the only one where that would happen outside of the the lead suit. Right. Um. Uh, but if. So you go around the table deciding what you're going to bid, and the kicker is instead, um, if you think people are bidding way too low, like everybody's like, oh, I'm just going to take one trick, right? Because you lose points if you take tricks. Sorry, you lose point. You lose points for a couple reasons. Right. Either you take tricks that you didn't expect to win, right? Right. Or you. Um, or this other method that I was just going to explain. Or you don't get rid of your tokens. Oh, right. Or you don't get rid of the tokens that you thought you were going to take tricks for. Right. Um, so if you think... So obviously the safe thing to do is to kind of underbid, I guess, maybe, right? It could be... I mean, obviously the safe thing to do is to be 100% perfect, but you can't really guarantee that, right? Right. So if you think people are underbidding, right? Everyone's being too cautious, and you look at your hand and you're like, well, I'm not going to win all these tricks, so somebody else definitely is going to. You can actually choose to take Steven Seagal or I don't know what he is he looks like the Grim Reaper <laughs> the king of the seven seals or something. yeah something weird um you can take him and then you can give out oh no and so if you get points by oh sorry you so, want the, to so the way Danny said the right point. so the way that one works is if so if instead of taking your own tokens what you can do is say everybody's underbidding I'm going to take Steven Seagal um <laughs> as, we, as we're calling him uh and basically when other people uh, win a trick that they didn't expect to win, then you give out those tokens to them. Those are like n- bad tokens, basically. Which are little negative. Negative tokens, okay? And this is a good strategy partially because um, it's uh, at worst you score negative uh, four for that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this game is all negatives. I don't really remember winning Yeah, positives. I think it's like golf score. <laughs> and then... Uh, oh, no, wait. That would be not golf score. <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah, no, it was golf score. Yeah, that, that no, golf right. score is the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Here we I go. guess. Anyway, no, so... No, that's the lowest score wins, or you want to be really negative, so no, it's not golf score. <laughs> okay. But anyway, continue. And then, uh, uh, or, and, and, and the thing is, worst case, that it, it doesn't lose you that many points. But also, but if you think people underbid, and they win tricks that they, they didn't expect to bid, then they take those tokens from you, and you, you gain out of that, so... Right, there's one more mechanic, though, that we forgot, is that if they run out of tokens, did you mention that? No. So you can run out of the colored tokens, which obviously... 
which most likely will happen because people won't know exactly what they're going to get. And you're like, oh, well, I'm definitely going to take a red trick and a yellow trick, but there's no red or yellow tokens left. So I'll take a red token from Will and a yellow token from Steph, and I'll replace it with this wild token. Right. The wild token, if you do not take a trick, right? Yeah, if you don't, if you don't end up getting so the wild token and the advantage of the wild token is that you can basically use any, win any color trick and get rid of that token. The disadvantage is that if you fail to get rid of the wild token, it's worth even more points yeah, than normal. It's worth even more negatives. It's, wor- it's worse. It's even worse than normal tokens. So, um, so yeah, I thought that game was that game was really interesting. I thought it was. Uh, you liked it better than Foppin? Um. Uh, well, I got kind of crushed. Oh in yeah, Foppen, you did get crushed. But, in but I, I enjoyed Foppin. I, I don't know mechanically which one I liked better, but the, uh, but certainly my experience was a little bit better at Die Steven Seagal. That's true. Um, but yeah, I just think, um, I find trick taking games difficult anyway, and then tricking, and then, and then choosing exact number of tricks, not just how many yeah, you think you're going to win, good. is even more difficult. Yeah. And then choosing exactly which colors you think you're going to win based on your hand is even more difficult, right? So that yeah. picking the tokens is really interesting. Um, and I think that's a game that you could probably get a lot better at if you played it a lot. I think so too, yeah. Um, even though, it, but it didn't seem overly complicated. I got either. worse. Yeah, I got worse. <laughs> Every time I play that game, I start out really good. I got zero the first hand, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm rocking this. And then I'm like, next hand, oh my god, I got all the tricks wrong. I completely was overconfident. <laughs> that's yeah, hilarious. And, anyway. Uh, I had the opposite. I actually think I did get better that game, but I think that's because I, I way was way overconfident. Getting, I'm like, I'm amazing. This hand is awesome. And then I lost like all the tricks and it was terrible. So, uh, Danny joined us. She wanted to hear us talk about trick taking games. That's right. Danny did join us. Didn't you bug bug. Uh, um, so that's a really good trick taking yeah, game. Yeah. And we tried to buy that one too, actually on fun again. And which is the only place that even had it remotely in stock. And they sold out. I decided to wait with some things in my cart. And it sold out weirdly. Yeah, that was a weird question. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. We'll pick up that one eventually. We'll pick that one up eventually. So, uh, so then the other, uh, what was the other, so the other the trick-taking game tri- we played last at weekend yeah. at PAX. Yes, we, so we had, we have a little trick-taking game. So we had, uh, normally have a couple friends with us at PAX. This year we only had one friend with us. We had our friend Andrew Pittman. And um, we played, and so we were waiting in line with him. So we brought our favorite, one of my favorite three-player games, which is Familiar's Trouble. Which is also a trick-taking game. Uh, also a trick-taking game. But with game, a twist. But Again. it's a cooperative trick-taking game. Yes, you may ask. How does that work? Uh, and the answer is, interestingly. <laughs> so uh, the uh, the interesting part of Familiar's Trouble is because it's a obviously it's a cooperative trick-taking game, what you're actually trying to do is you're following the nor- rules of a normal trick-taking game where you have to follow suit um, and you can only go off-suit if, uh, if you're, you're avoiding that, that suit. suit. Um, but... Uh, you're trying to use that in order to have the three numbers played end up accomplishing these various goals that are laid out during the game, okay? So the goals basically are, there's only three colors in the game, and the goals are a certain amount of each of those colors. So like, for instance, a simple goal would be to just have four total points in red, right? Yes, each card is, the number of uh, the number on the card is the number of points of that suit. Right. The value on the card, the value of the card. is the points in that suit. So let's say it was just four red. So as long as somebody played a four of red or higher, you would win that, that goal. And you can win multiple goals at the same time. So um, ideally, you're winning multiple tricks that combine to win multiple goals at once. But some of the goals are way harder. For right. instance, there's uh, at least one goal in there that's three... Uh, three points in all three colors, which means that either all three of you have to be void in a suit, two people have to be void in a suit at the exact right time, um, or uh, in the game there are 
Um, in order to make these goals slightly easier and to get, make the game more interesting, you can lead... Um, the ones and the twos are multiple colors. You So you basically don't have to decide. It's kind of like... <laughs> not really. I was going to say it's kind of like in Tisha saying, pass to my partner, but it's not really like that with the dog. <laughs> it kind of is, though. Sort so of. You're kind of giving, putting, more you're of the, out. putting more of the weight on your on your allies, I guess, in this this case. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so the one is all three colors, so if a one is led, any card can be played after that, basically, because it's considered all three colors. The twos are each two colors, and so any color, any of... Those two colors can be led. Right, they're like combo cards, like half red, half blue. Right, um, and so and and actually, it's better than that because they count as both a two for both colors. Right. Um, so so in terms of points for getting goals, they're really good. Uh, the disadvantage of these cards, of course, is they count as every color. So if it's your only red card is the one that is all three colors, yeah. you have to play the one, and it's really bad to not lead the one generally. Um, because yeah. you want to use it for, you want to use it to get really big, a lot of points. Yeah, but you missed something I think is interesting about the game. Okay. So the person who leads is obvious, is the person who wins the trick the last round. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's how the lead passes in the co-op game. So once you're the leader, you can actually choose to pass a card. Mm -hmm. Um, so <laughs> it's very interesting. If you pass, if you choose to pass a card, you choose a card from your hand, you pass it to your person to your left. And that person passes a card from their hand to the person from their left. They can't even pass the one they just got passed. Right, right. They can't even pass the one they got passed. Um, and so you're you're always and everyone's ending up with the equal number of cards. Um, but they, but now you sort of maybe kind of know something about about what your partner passed you or something. I don't know. It's it's very interesting. I I think it's. It's really good. Good good mechanic. Kind of reminds me of like team play a little bit. We just we played team play at Oh, that's right. at the gathering. And I feel like team play is like familiar's trouble light and you're kind of playing against It's it's similar. It has yeah, similar yeah. mechanics sort of. It does. It just doesn't find the trick taking rules. You just have to have the exact cards. Right. 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 Yeah, so so yeah, so the interesting part of this game so really trying to accomplish goals at the same time. Actually, if you're the leader, not only do you the, one of the things is the goals are in three difficulties. So when you're the leader, you get to oh, choose what difficulty that. goals you're picking. Um, also, as the leader, they, you get to throw away one goal. Almost always there's a goal that doesn't align with the other goals or even that you can't accomplish at all. Because another interesting thing about the game, I think the game gets even more interesting, is that eventually the game ends once every single card in the entire deck has been played. So if you're you keep... What we do is we keep everything face up that's been played. So everybody knows exactly what's in the game by the end of the game. Because right. you don't deal it all out at once. You only start with a few cards in hand. Yeah. Uh, and only by the end of the game have you actually, do you have it, the whole deck dealt out. Yeah. So it's a little bit Hanabi-esque. Yeah, it does feel Hanabi-esque. It's like a lot of like kind of telling things without telling them. Yeah, because you're not supposed to talk, obviously. Right, and we haven't... I feel like if you start, if you tried to make some kind of rubric, like when I pass you this, it means this, that, that the would game make would be it worse. a lot easier yeah. but a lot less fun. Yeah, that would be a lot less fun. So we don't do that. We, yeah. we pass cards and then we're like, what the hell am I supposed to You're do like, now? I'm so interested. <laughs> you just passed me a green too. Does that mean you want to be void? I mean, I what I tend to do, I'm just going to tell you straight up. Sure. I tend to pass cards that make me void in a suit in that hand. Okay. That's what I do. Uh, I usually try to be void in one suit. I don't... It sort of helps. I, I think... So, so that's I, what I try to do. I think that's a very good strategy. I, um... I tend to do that... I'll do that once I'm almost... Once the deck has run out. But before the deck has run out, I hate, like, happening to draw the one when you were already void in that suit. Or getting passed back that the card. What do you mean the deck's run out? 
Uh, I mean, I mean, when you're not going to draw more cards from then on. You don't draw cards, do you? You do. You draw a new card every turn uh, after the after this trick until the deck runs out. I don't remember that. Yeah, you only you only have five cards in hand, and there's way more than fifteen cards. So there ends up being, you have, um, yeah. There's how many cards are there? There's, uh, twenty seven cards. Oh, I forgot about that. So yeah, you draw a bunch of cards throughout the game because you only you have always have five cards in hand until the deck starts to run out. That makes it more random. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, so it makes it harder to, yeah, to actually avoid yeah, the yeah. Suit. I forgot. You can just get lucky sometimes, though. Yeah. Yeah, great game. Uh, that was called Familiar's Trouble, and we do own that one. <laughs> yes, excellent. little uh, uh, foreign game. I don't know the exact nature. I don't know either. Anyway, so that was... Uh, what is your all-time favorite trick-taking game? Me? Yes. Okay, when I was in high school, I used to play a game called Hilo Jack, which some people call Euchre. I think it's not really Euchre from what I've heard, um, but it seems kind of similar. Danny's getting grumpy about our trick-taking... Uh, Podcast. Podcast. If you can hear her barking in the background. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think Hilo Jack is, is a favorite just because it's a little bit nostalgic for me. And then I really love Moo. Uh, my favorite is probably Moo, actually. Yeah. It's hard to get five people, though. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, it's classic. We talked about that one before. You can go back to, like, one of our second, I think our second podcast when we talked about trick taking games again. Mm-hmm. So next time we'll tell you about uh, Will's favorite game from The Gathering. If you can talk, well, your favorite game you could talk about from The Gathering, uh, which will be a surprise. Sorry, my throat is killing me. Oh, okay. Well, we better sign off. So this is Lexi and Will, and this has been the Danny Cast. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>